Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. better than this it's just the guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast i'm kyle krabs director of scouting and any scouting nfl draft analyst for fan rag sports and i am back after a lovely lovely day off on friday so a hat tip to mr joe marino my co-pilot and co-host for steering the ship joe looks like you took pretty good care of things here Uh, thanks for taking the reins how was your weekend man Good, man. You know, did the Mother's Day stuff and uh, started watching some 2018 tape, played a little cornhole, you know. I don't know if you guys play that up north, but we do here in the south. It's so. insulting for you to even suggest that we don't know what cornhole is. Are you are you good at it or what? Yes. What's your what's your skills like? Yeah, I'm I'm a long-range sniper. Wow. Yeah. How about Can Jam? Do you know what Can Jam is? Oh, it's originated in Buffalo, New York. I know about Can okay. Jam. Well, Can Jam is uh, – I've slotted a few – in my day, okay. in Can Jam, okay. that's all I'm going to say. A few slots. Very nice. You know, i got to be honest, Kyle. I was really surprised that I got the call that you needed Friday off, man. That was your division. That was your chance to just gloat about the Tennessee Titans. I know. Yeah, it, it was a hard pill to swallow. But uh, you did a wonderful job. But uh, we did get some requests on Twitter for uh, a couple people asking me to offer my opinions here. Uh, and so we're going to do a lightning round real quick. I'm going to go team by team alphabetically through the picks. Tennessee Titans will save the best for last. Spoiler alert. <sighs> Indianapolis fly. Yep. Here we go. I really like what they did on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, added three defenders in Malik Hooker, Quincy Wilson, and Terrell Basham. 
that I could really see being quality starters, if not year one, year two. Uh, I definitely think their secondary will be much improved. That Quincy Wilson, uh, Vontae Davis combination at corner is a couple of really nice physical guys with ball skills. Uh, sleeper on that team is Nathan Hairston. Joe, I know you like him as well. Uh, you just profiled the Colts yesterday for NDTScouting.com. Uh, he's a gamer. He's a little light in the trunk, but think he has uh, some some nice skills. He's still kind of raw, uh, but a name to watch going forward. Timville Jaguars uh, liked the investment that they made uh, to a power-style offense by selecting Leonard Fournette and Cam Robinson with their top two picks. Uh, I thought they did well landing Dewan Smoot and Blair Brown and Jalen Myrick as mid-round defensive players. I think all of those guys bring uh, viable upside. Myrick is a slot corner type. Uh, Blair Brown we've talked about at at some extent as far as being a two-down player for sure. I think he has some upside as a three-down player if you're playing him in zone coverages. And uh, DeJuan Smoot was somebody that uh, was pretty hot last summer. Kind of fell off because people didn't see him take the next step as a player, but uh, he's got some nice upside as a rusher that's still kind of untapped, uh, needs to really work on refinement in his pass rushes. Uh, and, and then D.D. Westbrook has a potential slot receiver there. They've got a, a nice crop of receivers that have each had the chance to show out, whether it was Allen Robinson or Allen Hearns or uh, my guy Marquise Lee. This past year, they've had guys that have each peaked through the clouds. Dee uh, Dee Westbrook is another element to that. I think he has some of the best straight line speed out, out of that entire group. Uh, Houston Texans obviously got aggressive going up and getting Deshaun Watson. Uh, think that they did a nice job targeting their guy. I think they got good value for him at 12. Uh, really like them adding Donta Foreman as well. Uh, Zach Cunningham as a second level linebacker, uh, kind of somebody to, to be the heir to Brian Cushing, who seems like he's been there forever, but never been on the field, uh, which is a shame because I love the way Brian Cushing plays the game, but, uh, Cunningham's speed and range will be a nice addition there. Uh, Julian Davenport and Kyle Fuller are two total projects on the offensive line. I thought Davenport was a a big reach, uh, was the biggest reach in the division against my personal draft board. He went 130. I had him 234 on my draft board. So uh, not a lot of upside there. And then the Titan, I mean, geez Louise, this was was my brand right here. They got my number two player in Corey Davis uh, at five overall. They landed Adore Jackson, who I'm a huge fan of. Taewon Taylor was my 22nd ranked player. They got him at 72, and then uh, they got another top 100 player on my board in Janu Smith. I had him 90th. They got him at 100. So they got great value for all three of their offensive weapons uh, that they added. Uh, uh, Muhammad, the running back from Cal, uh, late round pick, uh, was somebody that kind of caught my eye throughout the course of the past two seasons. We didn't do him for our portfolio work, but uh, he was a player that I thought had some – some nice little wiggle to him. He's a nice little football player. I think he's got a chance to make that roster. There you go. Kyle Krabs redeeming himself for the people. There you go. You can ex you can exhale. I'll I'll get I'll transition here. I know that uh, today our focus is the AFC West, the Denver Broncos, Los Angeles Chargers. That might be the last time I ever get that right again. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Oakland Raiders. So let's look at this Broncos draft class. Garrett Bowles, man. Their offensive tackle, they took him 20th overall. It seems like that was 
one of the easier projections to make that that was always going to happen. Uh, whoever's playing quarterback for the Broncos this year, whether it be Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch, he needs to be protected. Uh, Garrett Bowles is an athletic freak, powerful dude, still needs some technique work, but I like the overall package. Namarcus Walker was one of the head scratchers. You know, you just have a hard time understanding where he's going to fit. They took him 51st overall, which is super early based on how I think he wins. I mean, his best bet is to be a Michael Bennett type player, but that's just, uh, you know, we say that about so many guys that are kind of misfits in terms of inside outside players. And, and, uh, you know, Walker would have been much better suited being a little bit later pick Carlos Henderson, Pick 82. That's one of my favorite picks that they made. Oh, yeah. My 39 draft. I mean, that dude is uh, he he just makes people miss in space. He's unbelievable in terms of his ability to just shake tacklers and make a miss and create after the catch. And then he can, you know, he can push the defense vertically. Nice return guy. And and then, you know, Jake Butt, man, uh, you know, if he's healthy, he's not around at 145. Uh, so I thought that's a guy that next year they'll be really excited that they have on their football team. I think he's they got a starter there. So, um, you know, I don't really love what they were able to do in the later portions of the draft. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you really when you look at the Bulls pick, it makes sense. Henderson and Jake Butt were, I thought, were, were nice values. Yeah, so um, Bulls, the running comp for me, has been like a Taylor LeJuan-style player. I think he's got that kind of upside. Uh don't think he'll necessarily transition as smooth as what Lawan did. I think Bowles really needs to rein himself in. He, he plays you know, with such a sense of urgency that he's he's just got to understand a lot of times he's got guys beat, and then he beats himself by getting out of position after working into a favorable position. Uh, Denver in the second round of two years, uh, defensive lineman both times, Adam Gotzis from, from Georgia Tech, and now Demarcus Walker, and it really feels like both of those really missed the mark. Um, Walker was rated 127th on my draft board, went 51st. Uh, I guess I can kind of see how he fits in like a NASCAR package where they, they get some guys and stand up and, and kind of make a murky defensive front seven on, on passing situations. And you, you put them up in, in, in a B gap somewhere and let them rush. But, uh, yeah, just just odd. And Gotts the same thing last year. Like I thought Gotts was, uh, I was lower on Gotts than I was on Walker. Uh, at least Walker, you can see some some run defending skills and interior pass rush ability. And uh, but in such a deep edge class for him to go in in the early fifties really missed the mark for me. Is you know Joe, you really covered it with with Carlos Henderson, uh, super explosive player. Uh, I think in the long run, he is going to be a nice replacement for whichever of the receivers they opt not to retain in the long term, whether that's Demarius Thomas uh, or any of the other receivers that they have there. Uh, they they tagged a couple guys, Joe, that we didn't do. They got Brandon mm-hmm. Langley at 101, and he was somebody that we were familiar with through the, the preseason circuit, but uh, we didn't put the pro- the uh, the priority on him. And, and just outside the top 100, and then another name that we didn't do that they targeted was uh, George's Isaiah McKenzie, who I watched two games of and told Joe, I told you, we got to take this guy off. Like, I don't know why he's on here. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, curious addition. Uh, it seems like that, that might be more of a vision for special teams only. He's a tiny guy, tiny body. Uh, Jake Butt, as you mentioned, at 145. 
uh, best value of their entire draft class for me. And then Mr. Irrelevant, how could Joe not talk yeah. about Swag Kelly? No, I want to save it. I want to save it. Uh, it happened. The team really used a draft choice, be it the last one in the class uh, on, on Chad Kelly. It happened. Somebody drafted him. Yeah. Surprise. Well, apparently it was – I like to think it was a favor. Yeah. It had to be a favor. Feels like it. Uh, Jim Kelly and John Elway, uh, a <laughs> couple of buddies from the 83 NFL draft and uh, – and Chad, it's it's funny you read the headlines and you know Jim Jim went out after Chad got drafted. It's like yeah, Chad finally gets it, and it's like <laughs> the uh, alcoholic or the abusive boyfriend. And it's like yeah, that's the last time he ever does it. Did it? He's he promised me he's done. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? <laughs> he's he's probably not done. So oh. I I don't think Chad magically gets it now because he was the last pick in the draft, but. Uh, that remains to be seen. For sure. I am I am just excited about this Chargers draft class. Uh, they got my 10th, 11th, and 12th overall prospects with the 7th, 38th, and 71st selections in the draft, referring to Mike Williams, Forrest Lamp, and Dan Feeney. And that trio to build around Phillip Rivers, and you know their window is obviously dis- diminishing to win with Phillip Rivers. So getting him... An alpha number one wide receiver that, uh, you know, Phillip Rivers is willing to test man coverage. Mike Williams is a catch point guy. I think that's a nice blend, a nice match. And then two interior offensive linemen in Lamp and Feeney that I just love. Uh, you know, I think that uh, Feeney's a big-time people mover, gets out in space, and then Lamp is just so technically refined that you've got three guys that instantly will be starters on that team and – you know, I just thought it's tremendous value based on where they got those three. So I'm not sure there's been another team that was able to get a haul like that based on my personal board. But uh, those first three get me really excited. Yeah, this was the L.A. Chargers were a team for me that was one of uh, seven teams in the league that averaged per pick to have a plus value for their wow. entire draft class uh, against my personal draft board. Uh, there is another AFC West team, not Denver. Uh, there is another <laughs> AFC West team that did manage to do the same thing. Actually, the second best draft versus my personal draft board. Uh, Chargers were the seventh rated team. So they uh, versus my draft board, they averaged the seventh best value average per picks. And, you know, I've averaged or I've, I'm sorry, I've weighted each selection. So first round picks have a, a priority a multiplier and then second and third round picks as day two picks have a different multiplier. And then, you know, your, your day three picks are still important, but they're less important than, you know, your first three rounds. So, uh, I've weighted that proportionately and, uh, you know, just going through this list, you know, Joe, I'm not high on some of these guys as you were. I didn't have these guys in my top 15, top 20, but, uh, Williams 44, Forrest Lamp 46, Dan Feeney 55, Desmond King 56, Mm-hmm. They landed four top 60 players on my draft board. So um, they only had two picks. I'm sorry, three picks uh, that I felt was earlier than what they were rated on my draft board. They were Rayshon Jenkins uh, at 113. Uh, Forrest Lamp, I had rated 46th. He went 38th. And then Mike Williams, went, uh, obviously 7th. And I had him ranked 44th. Uh, Desmond King, huge steal. Isaac Rochelle, I thought was a great value, yep. especially at 225. He's a good football player. He's not a good athlete. Yep. He doesn't look 
like a good athlete. He's not necessarily slapped together like some of the defensive linemen you saw in this year's class. Uh, Mm -hmm. But he's got nice hands, man. He really controls the line of scrimmage well, and he's got marginal upside as far as being a a pass rusher or somebody that's going to make splash plays. Uh, but he knows how to control blockers. He knows how, how to win at the point of attack. I thought that was an underrated draft selection for them. Uh, and Desmond King, man, I don't care where you play him. Play him at safety, play him at corner, play him in, in the slot. Um, just play him in a lot of zone and let him use his natural football intelligence and mental processing skills to really shine. And in that secondary, uh, those ball skills are going to have a nice opportunity to do so. Yeah, with the with the pass rush in front of him with Melvin Ingram and uh, uh, Joey Bosa, yeah, Corey Legit, those guys, man, he's gonna get his, he's gonna be able to break on some footballs, and I think that's just gonna be really, really nice behind those guys. Are we uh, we're gonna slide uh, slide on Chiefs. down the board? We're gonna go Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you lead us? I took the first two, so yeah, that's very nice of you to let me uh, steer the conversation for one. So. Uh, have to start with Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. Traded up, selected Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Joe, I believe he's your fourth quarterback this year, if I'm not mistaken. My fourth quarterback, 92 overall. Yep, I had him. He was my QB3, but he was 76th. Uh, my fourth quarterback was right behind him at 77. So uh, this is all upside. And when you yep. look at this entire draft class, with the exception of Kareem Hunt, uh, this draft class, by and large, is predicated on upside. Uh, Mahomes hits his ceiling. It's a home run. Uh, it's a franchise quarterback. It's a big-arm guy that can push the ball. But that's kind of what makes it so curious to me is, stylistically, this would not have been the team that I would have pegged Mahomes to go to. Uh, he's not a Andy Reid-style passer traditionally. I think the only year that you could think of and see uh, – Andy Reid being a team that really pushed the ball down the field. It was the year the Eagles made the Super Bowl run when they had McNabb and Terrell Owens. That was really the only year that I can think of that that Philly had a prominent vertical aspect to their game. So Mahomes, you have to wonder if they're going to try and recapture some of that magic. But, you know, uh, when McNabb was able to take that next step, it's because he had an alpha on the outside. Does Kansas City have an alpha on the outside? I mean, they have Travis Kelsey as the tight end. Yeah. But I don't necessarily feel like they have any of that caliber receiver on the boundary that can help win those reps. So that's going to be a really interesting fit to see how it develops and goes from here. Um, Tano passing, though. Is that, Joe, is that why you gave me the Chiefs? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to talk. You wanted me to say Tano passing, though? You are a pro at it, man. Man, he's right here in my backyard. He's in Villanova. I've I've been I've been around for your pronunciation uh, uh, trainings before. Yeah, we had just, seminars. We've had seminars yeah, on. No. Face that, I, and I'm still carrying a, like a low C. So That's I'll all right. Get... So so Tano passing now, 59th Joe. This was somebody yep. we came out of the Senior Bowl and we said, hey, don't be surprised if this guy's a day two pick. But lo and behold, 59 to Kansas City. Interesting slot for him. I think that that it's going to be a nice long-term fit with Chris Jones there. Uh, Another big long body on the boundary. Uh, I just hope they don't press him into action too soon. Um, The only plus value that the Chiefs had in their draft class versus my personal draft board uh, was Kareem Hunt, who I had rated 72nd. He went 86th. 
Uh, I think in the long term, he's he's a really nice Andy Reid style back. Uh, he can play on all three downs. He can contribute in the passing game. He's physical as a blocker. Uh, built low to the ground. Strings cuts together really well. Uh, I thought stylistically that fit was probably the best uh, for the Chiefs and one of the best fits in the whole division. Uh, and then they landed Jehu Chesson, who regressed this past year. Uh, and then two players that were off of our radar, Joe, uh, Georgia Southern's Eligue. <laughs> you know, this, that shows how much I know about him. Uh, he was not a player on my radar. And then Leon McQuay, uh, who I was somewhat familiar with, uh, but was not a player that we had prioritized in our list of, of 300 players. Yeah, so this this Chiefs draft class comes down to whether or not Patrick Mahomes hits his ceiling or not, because they gave up, you know, pick 27, their number one pick next year, and uh, pick 75, if I'm not mistaken, in in 75 or 91, I can't remember, a third round pick in, in 2017. So uh, if Mahomes is their guy, then they win. That's great. That's fantastic. But you know, when you look at our personal rankings of him, 76, 92nd. You know, obviously, I think that tells you what we think about that deal. Um, passing you and another guy, he's got to he's got to reach his ceiling as well because they took him 59th. And if he heats, if his if his physical com- components turn into you know more consistent technique and power at, at you know on the in the trend, then he's going to be a nice player. Kareem Hunt is like you said, a solid double. He'll be a really nice feature back for them. But then another one, Jehu Chesson, is he? You know, is which version of him are they getting? Are they getting the 2015 version? Because if so, he's pretty decent. But you know, it's concerning that he did. He definitely had a drop off in 2016. So uh, this is a a draft class that seemed boom, very 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 much boom or bust. And uh, we'll see. This is an interesting marriage, like you said, between Mahomes and Andy Reid. And you know, Jeremy Macklin and, and Chris Connolly don't get me overly excited on the outside in terms of maximizing what Patrick Mahomes does. But you know, this might be a long-term investment. They still have Alex Smith on the roster, and uh, you know, maybe maybe you see them start improving that infrastructure in terms of the the wideouts uh, around Mahomes. Uh, you know, before he's ready to really take the field. Yeah, definitely. And, and then let's move on. Uh, second best draft class against my personal draft board this year. There it is. There it is. To quote Chris Berman. Uh, well, I mean, let's just hit the names first. Gary on Connolly in the first round. Obi Melifonwu, who's been a draft dude for forever. Uh, Eddie <laughs> Vanderdose, David Sharp, Marquel Lee, uh, Jylon Ware, uh, Shalom Luani. Elijah Hood, Trayvon Hester. That's their whole draft class there. Uh, where to start, Joe? Uh, Conley, you know, I know that was even a bigger hit for you than it was for me, um, uh-huh. provided everything's cleared as far as the off-the-field accusations that he's facing, and clearly Oakland uh, felt good about that. He took a polygraph test for Baltimore, I believe, before the draft, and uh, that they, they pass, he passed that, so... Uh, things are looking promising that this is hopefully just some false accusations, uh, as unfortunate of a situation as that is to begin with, uh, but could be so much worse otherwise. So uh, Conley, great ball skills. I just think he, he needs to tighten up at the top of off coverage a little bit, but if you play him on the line of scrimmage, uh, Oakland likes these big physical guys on the boundary, uh, but Sean Smith and David Amerson are stiff. And Gary on Connolly doesn't have that level of stiffness to him. So I think that is going to be a massive, massive upgrade, provided he sees the football field. 
And then they're pairing Carl Joseph, last year's first-round pick, with Obi Melafu, who is uh, just going to be a, a really nice chess piece for guys like Travis Kelsey and Antonio Gates, provided he continues to be an ageless wonder and continues Hunter to Henry. play Hunter Henry. Yeah, Melafonwu in the middle of the field playing man-to-man coverage against those guys. Um, phew, man, he's got length. Really like that. You know, Oakland has been a team that has prioritized length and size in the secondary. And uh, Joseph's kind of the outlier to that, but Joseph hits like he's 250 freaking pounds. So uh, Eddie Vanderdose, a uh, player that I had rated 95th, he went 88th. I think as a uh, – Joe, the phrase we've used is a bull in a china shop with him. Uh-huh. You know, if he gets his head on straight – uh, adding to a defensive front that they have added a lot to over the past two years, especially in the 2016 draft. Uh, they added a lot of uh, pass rushers in that draft class as well, uh, so they can get an interior pass rush penetration style guy. Uh, David Sharp, the offensive tackle from Florida, was a player that I had rated 104th, went 129, uh, plus value of 25 slots, I think. I mean, just look at who their interior three are. Like Rodney Hudson, um, KO, and then um, Gabe Jackson. I mean, those are heavy, heavy hitters, right? So you take that, and uh, now you put David Sharp in amongst that. Potentially, if he's able to clean up his technique stuff, uh, he's another 330, 340-pound dude. So they've got big long, powerful bodies across the entire offensive line uh, and and sharp uh, being a complementary piece to that that can potentially develop into somebody to play on the outside is impressive. Uh, Joe, I know you didn't like Markwell Lee, um, but I thought that he was uh, one of the the better linebackers in this group and a two-down Gap plugger style player, much like you would get from a uh, a Raquel McMillan playing off of contact. Um, uh, McMillan has a higher ceiling because he's a little better of an athlete. Uh, but Marquell Lee playing through traffic, playing in traffic, uh, I thought he was very effective at Wake Forest. Um, Joe, the, just the top five picks here in this draft class across the board were players that I really liked and really liked their fit with Oakland. Yeah, no question. And, you know, look at this team. Obviously, they're able to move the ball on offense, but the defense was a weakness and really made a nice effort here to improve the secondary with the Conley and Melifon Wu picks. I mean, uh, Melifon was just an exciting player for me and how he fits that defense, and he can just play over top of everything and break on the football, be that chess piece, like you said, to match up with some of these really talented tight ends in the division. Uh, and then you know what they did do to improve the middle of their defense where they've been susceptible with Vanderdose, who's just going to get off the ball and explode into pads, and you know he's gonna he's gonna wreck plays by by just cr- causing so much penetration. And you know you like Markel is a gap plugger that can play behind that, which which works really well. And then uh, one of their late round picks, their last pick actually, Trayvon Hester out of Toledo is an interesting pick. Uh, he actually gives you some pass rush ability from the inside, which is, you know, we don't see a lot of these uh, these players that give you that. So um, I thought he was a nice value and a potential steal there right at the end of the draft. So uh, they did a nice job improving their, their roster and where it needed to where it needed help. And, uh, you know, Conley and really will be tremendous additions to that secondary and much-needed additions. Yeah, so uh, 
Oakland's been a team historically, uh, one of a few teams that's interesting that has consistently drafted well against my personal draft board. Um, going all the way back to 2014 when they brought home Khalil Mack, um, Gabe Jackson, and Derek Carr. Uh, uh-huh. th- th- that's a hell of a haul right there. Um, Conley, Melifonu, Vanderdose, Sharp, Lee, and Hester, uh, those picks combined to average the second highest haul against my personal draft board this year. Uh, interesting to see which teams, because there's teams that consistently finish at or near the top in each of the past three or four years against my board. Oakland being one, Minnesota being another one. Um, so not surprised to see Oakland here, but just really love what they were able to do as far as fleshing out their roster while still being able to get good values. Kyle, we're halfway done with the uh, halfway with there, the previews. Yeah, yeah, NFC NFC gets rolling on Wednesday, and we'll get our do our due diligence to hit all four divisions, and uh, and then it's on to 2018 on the podcast. So uh, you definitely stay connected, guys. Uh, if you go to ndtscouting.com, you will see that Kyle and I are going one team day and giving our draft reaction, talking about our best value worth you in a potential surprise in the class. So uh, make sure that you check over NDT scouting. We are, uh, I started at the top of the alphabet. Kyle started at the bottom. So we're almost at the middle. So we will have covered every team. Uh, and then Kyle and I are going to flip flop where I'm going to go bottom up. He's going to go top down. And, uh, you know, you'll get a reaction from both Kyle and I on every team in the NFL. We've also started doing some 2018 uh, uh, analysis on the website. Uh, Kyle did a really nice piece on Sam Darnold and his uh, his mental processing skills. I've done work on Mason Rudolph and James Washington, the Oklahoma State connection, Arden Key, the LSU pass rusher, and Tavares McFadden, the uh, Florida State cornerback. I- I'm planning on doing some work on D.N. Kane here this week and some others. Uh, so, y- you know, Check out what we're doing at ndtscouting.com. Uh, we are we are uh, filling up the content for the NFL draft when no one else is doing it. So if you are hungry to start looking at some of this stuff for for next year, you know, we're here for you. We're we are like Kyle said, we are your oasis in the desert for this barren time of NFL draft content. We're here for you. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Audio Boom, whatever it is, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We're not going away. We're going to talk about this NFL draft stuff all year long. Uh, and so make sure you hit the subscribe button. And if you like what we're doing, we'd love to have a rating and review from you. You know, send some kind words, hit us with that five star. We certainly appreciate that. We are on social media. Kyle is at NDT Scouting on Twitter. I am at the Joe Marino on Twitter. NDT Scouting has its own Twitter handle, which is NDT Scouting LLC. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash NDT Scouting. So, so many different ways you can stay connected to what we are doing and the NFL draft 365 days a year. It never ends. Uh, Kyle and I are a bunch, doing a bunch of NFL content as well through FanRag Sports. So, Keep it plugged in. We're working hard for you, and we appreciate you following along. Uh, we'll be back again for you on Wednesday to cover the NFC East. I am Ky- I am Joe Marino, signing off for Kyle Krabs, and this is the Draft Dudes Podcast. Hey, folks. Dirks Bentley here. If you've seen one of my concerts, you know I'm all about energy. Performing, recording, traveling, being a husband and a father, it's a busy life, and I need to be 100% every day. So when my battery starts running low, I grab a sugar-free, vitamin-packed, five-hour energy shot. It tastes great, and it gets me back to 100% fast. Try it. It could work for your busy life, too. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.